Hey, it's Jordan. I'm uh, delighted to be joined by uh, a native of Long Island, where I'm from, uh, Aletha Shapiro. And I wanted to talk to you because I was uh, sent this morning a clip that I thought was just like outrageous of uh, you, you know, doing your right as a citizen. Uh, you were at a town hall for uh, Congress Congressman Tom Swazi. Uh, he's from Long Island, definitely. I would call him a, a corporate uh, Democrat, and you um, wanted to express, you know, some grievances. Uh, so before we get into the questions, let's play the clip of what happened. Um, I'm not sure how a politician like you who's taken over a million dollars from corporate and super PACs in just the last two election cycles is graded an A when the grade and the premise of this organization is based on injecting corporate money. It's not just that Tom funds his campaign with corporate money, it's that his policies and votes repeatedly benefit the corporate donors who in turn give him more money. I'm getting to it, but I'm giving you background information. Tom took at least 87,000 for military contractors that profit from his military funding votes and at least 66,000 from companies that profited off his vote to expand detention centers. That's enough speech. Tom received at least 126,000 from healthcare industry and refused to support any plan that would negatively impact profits like Medicare for All, which is overwhelmingly popular. Instead, he supports plans that keep costs high prices. Tom is also one of the few Democrats who do not First of all, before we get to that absurd manhandling, can you kind of give a background? Uh, you actually volunteered on Congressman Swazi's campaign a few years ago. Yeah. Well, first of all, thank you for having me and letting me tell my story. I think it's really important for people across the country to hear from a woman, a woman's voice on what happened. I think it's a lesson that everyone can learn from. Um, so uh, I volunteered for Congressman Swazi. Well, let me back up. Up in, At the time of the election in 2016, I was completely, you know, the typical story, uninvolved politically. I didn't even know my congressman's name. I, I really didn't know anything about politics. I didn't even know how many senators we have in New York. I was completely ignorant. I'm a mom with four kids. You know, I was just doing the mom thing and, you know, trying to get through the days. So, at the time of the election, obviously, like a lot of people, I woke up. So um, right after the election, Congressman Swazi held his first town hall um, in February of 2017. And from that moment on, I was woke and I was hooked to get involved. Mm -hmm. And 
Swazi, you know, kind of similar to traditional Democratic Party folks, talks a good game on, you know, the middle class and this and that. But after volunteering for his campaign, you started to find out, oh, well, the rhetoric's not matching the money he's taking. Exactly. I mean, you know, I thought that if you're a Democrat, you're a good guy, you know, and I have over the last three years, I've obviously I've become more educated and I've become way more involved and I've went to tons of protests and, you know, such an education process. And this summer I started to realize that not all Democrats are created equal and that we need to elect better Democrats. Um, and so when I started to really, you know, pay attention and seeing how, uh, you know, things were changing over the summer with like immigration votes and just the talk started happening about corporate money and, you know, people started announcing their candidacies for 2020. I started to pay attention and, and, and start to understand about this whole money and politics thing. And so I was, you know, very wooed by Congressman Swazi. He's a great talker. He's a, a great schmoozer. He he talks a really good game. He held town halls all the time. And he, you know, I started noticing it was always the same script every time. He would talk about being primary from the left and that you have to have civility and work together. He's the vice chair of the Problem Solvers Caucus. And, you know, for someone who doesn't really know a lot and you're not paying attention, it, it sounds good. You, you know, you you're kind of like, yeah, civility. But like, these are not normal times right now. While civility is great, um, we should not be you know, making deals with the devil, with the, Re with the Republicans. And so that's what he does. He works hand in hand with the Problem Solvers Caucus. And oftentimes he uh, votes on behalf and votes with the Republicans instead of voting on behalf of his constituents' voices which is so offensive in these times. Mm -hmm. um, so that was just a really big eye-opening experience for me. Um, and the biggest aha moment for me uh, was when he went down to the border with a bunch of the problem solvers and a bunch of the Congress uh, delegation back in July. And I actually went to the border a week after they went, uh, after AOC went and, and some of the squad went. Me and... Um, my friend at the time, who was actually going to be challenging Congressman Sazi, Melanie Dorigo, we went to the border to volunteer, and it was right after that humanitarian vote happened in June, and the Problem Solvers Caucus was primarily responsible for um, that that humanitarian vote, um, the protections from migrants being stripped, and so that was the moment where I was enraged. After I saw what happened at the border. I don't know how he could do that, how he can vote to strip protections for migrants, um, increase money um, for ICE, uh, and just take away the oversight that Pelosi was trying to, you know, put in, in the bill. Mm -hmm. And so that was the, the aha moment for me. So I want to get to the town hall, because all I hear from the traditional Democratic Party is we have to appeal to women of color and uh, transgender people and, all, you know, all of these kind of groups, which... I'm all for. I, I agree. But you're a woman of color. Uh, you go to a town hall. Um, nobody said you have to ask a question in 10 seconds. I mean, mm -hmm. you're paying his salary. So you stand up, uh, I believe, after several men stood up uh, and asked whatever their questions was. And yeah, you pointed out that there were some things that uh, you kind of uh, found objectionable. Yeah. And all of a sudden... Some white dude comes up and 
I mean, from the looks of it, I wasn't there. I mean, touches you and gets in your face. And in the video, I mean, you see Swazi, instead of trying to stop it uh, and say, let her finish, um, is kind of laughing it off. I mean, how did you feel? And it seems like, and I've I've experienced this because I go on the campaign trail and I'm fairly uh, progressive. People, some older establishment people don't don't like the way I do things. You know, the crowd was not so happy that you dared um, point out his uh, donations and, and that kind of thing. I mean, how did yeah. you feel in that moment? It was really one against a lot. Yeah, I mean, I there was probably around 10 questions that were asked. I was the fourth question. So there were three men before me and a woman after me and then five other men. Well, the most shocking part about it was is that every single man spoke for a minimum minimum of five minutes, someone on 15 minutes, rambling, asking very important questions. I did not speak for more than 40 seconds. I was attacked at the 120 mark. It's absolutely enraging and horrifying. And you know, these, I couldn't believe it was happening to me. You know, like it was such a horrifying experience that time slowed down when it was happening. Um, and all I kept on thinking was, oh my God, oh my God, nobody's gonna stop this. Nobody, why is nobody jumping in? Why is nobody helping me? And you know, unfortunately for Congressman Swazi and and for the men and the man who attacked me, like they messed with the absolute wrong woman because I, you know, I've been to protests. I had just finished this weekend um, the Indivisibles book. Um, I am, I, I know how to bird dog politicians. I go to DC all the time. I, you know, I, I, I ask senators and Congress people all the time. So they thought that they were going to intimidate me and silence my voice as a woman of color, as a woman, but they, they mess with the wrong woman. And so, you know, when I saw the man coming at me, my instinct was, you know, to rip the microphone back and stand my ground. And that's exactly what I did. And, and I didn't know, you know, at that split second, I had to make a decision. Do I persevere or do I, do I stop? You know, I, I didn't know what to do. And that was, so my reaction was to keep on going. Did, did it just get interrupted? Uh, you froze for a second. Oh. Okay. Okay. Yeah, Sorry. you're Go ahead. Okay, so um, yeah, so my 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 reaction was to keep on going, and you know the crazy thing is that you know like the fight or flight, you know some people run into the burning building and some people run out, and even if you were like shocked and taken aback, like Congressman Swazi's reaction was to let it happen. You know, mm -hmm. even if if I was asking him a hard question, he could have been like, "All right, let's hear her out." You know, we can't do this. Uh, but instead he allowed it to happen. You know, he was, he was a bystander and not only was he a bystander, but he enjoyed it. You could see him smirking in the videos. Cause luckily we have different angles. You could see him making eye contact with people in the crowd. I don't know who it was. He was laughing. And at the end, he made a joke on my behalf about the situation and the whole crowd laughed. And it was just so horrendous. And it reminded me, uh, I went to Kavanaugh to protest Kavanaugh for two weeks, um, you know, in 2018. And it reminded me what a lot of the women were saying about the laughing. They remember the laughing. I, like, I, I just couldn't believe that a room of men would, would do this to a woman, how a man would attack a woman. And quite honest, I was 
the part that upset me the most was the women in the crowd that abandoned me and were heckling me and, you know, like cheering the men on. Like, I just cannot believe that it happened to me. You know, it was just, it was so horrifying. And, and truthfully, it, to me, it like sing, it signals like the epitome of misogyny, toxic masculinity, and like the pervasiveness in our society of just silencing women's voices and silencing women of color. Mm-hmm. And, you know, if anybody knows me, I use my social media all the time to, to uplift marginalized communities and to talk about these topics. And so it's almost like everything that I have went through in the last year, all the education and experience I've had led up to this moment where it was all all these different, you know, progressive movement, you know, platforms and issues were all like in one moment. And, and so I feel like I need to use my voice to like show people that this is not okay. You do not silence women who are speaking truth to power. And also to just show people, you know, how you go to a town hall, how you ask your representatives questions. You know, some people say, oh, why was she reading off her paper? Why did she take so long? I don't think people realize like what town halls are like. You know, a lot of people read off papers because they want to have their facts. Some people are nervous. And and many people, all of the men, um, gave a lot of background information before you ask your question. You don't just go into your question. You have to build it up. You have to like explain to people in the room why you're asking this question. And so what was mind boggling for me was I was a Democrat in a room of Democrats. And I don't even know if these people made the connection. Like the point of my, of my question was lost because of the, because I was assaulted and I was attacked. Like, so I think that people didn't even realize like what I was trying to get at. Like, Congressman Swazi takes over a million dollars of corporate PAC money. How do we know that he's representing our voices and not his corporate donors? And I was trying to like teach the people and explain that this is not okay. And we should expect better from our Democrat representatives. And, and at one point he actually said to me, I need this money because I need to win a campaign and beat the people that you are supporting. Mm. And so, yeah, damn right. I'm supporting progressives. I'm supporting Melanie Dorigo because that's what progressives are fighting for, getting corporate money out of politics. Mm-hmm. Yeah, Instead of like saying I'm fighting against Republicans who are ruining our country, he's fighting against the good guys. I want to ask you, because you mentioned the silencing of women. And to me, watching that clip, I think if a woman of a similar age uh, demographic stood up and, you know, talked about, you know, the impeachment hearing and how evil Trump is, I think he would have let her go on for 20 minutes. To me, they're really scared of an intelligent, aggressive uh, woman who follows the money because you actually are doing the research and following the money. So I think it's both uh, silencing a woman who is not, you know, women care about money in politics, just like men. Women care about economic issues. Women care about corruption. It's not only abortion and these things, which I think yep. is what the Democratic Party is focused on. Uh, what are your yeah. thoughts on that? Because frankly, it looks like to me, you know, you look at a Democratic Party town hall with Tom Swazi maybe 10 years ago. I don't think you would have had as many young people there who know about money and politics or even young people there to begin with. Yeah, for sure. I think that this is a recurring theme that's happening now, you know silencing women of color, uh, silencing the squad. All they do is get hate because they are strong women who are shining the light on truths, who are uncorruptible, who are, you know, representing the real people who are, who are representing and voting based on their morals 
and not on political expediency. And they're rocking the vote. And I think that that was the problem. I think that I rocked the vote in the town hall. And, you know, the people that were there um, were a lot of his supporters, you know. And so, but it's crazy because a lot of the other questions were rocking the vote too. There was tons of Medicare for all questions. So I don't know exactly what it was about me. Um, but I think that they probably thought that I was, you know, younger than I was, younger than I am. And just, you know, a woman who could be, you know, uh, intimidated or threatened. Um, but do you, do you, you know, think there's an element, do you think there's an element, I mean, you mentioned toxic masculinity, but there's also a, an element of kind of patriarchy where oh, you, yeah, you have sure. a lot of older men in that crowd who kind of look at it as like, you know, know your place. Yeah. I mean, I think that. I mean, I think that that's kind of what Congressman Spazi is also, you know, like I've, I've, I've heard this about him and I've watched the pattern and honestly, like I tried to repress these feelings at first because I thought, you know, no, like, no, as long as I have a Democrat representative, like I'm good. You know, I was so panicked at the time of the 2018 election. Like I didn't care what I had to do as long as I kept my Democrat representative, like I was all in, like I wrote, you know, 400 postcards for him. I was the field, one of the field organizers for my area. I was in charge of his Facebook group. And so, you know, I just, I was focused on that. And so I didn't, I like when I started noticing, you know, some questionable stances of his or questionable, like I sort of questioned his ethics or his values. Like I was just like, all right, but we need a Democrat in there. We need, because there was no alternative. Mm-hmm. But I never in my I never thought that I would be able to have an amazing representative who is more aligned with my values. And so now that like there's a progressive woman running in in my area, I mean, I'm so excited. Like we need to bring the progressive movement to Long Island. You know, mm-hmm. it's it's become like very popular in New York City with AOC's win. But we need to like, you know, bring it out to Long Island, which is like, you know, could be a difficult place to live, you know. Yeah. No, uh, crazy, but it's it's very uh, Trump country in a lot of places. Yeah. Let me ask you, you were kind of, you said, you know, uh, ignorant of politics before. Uh, personally for you, I mean, you have four children. You're, I, I don't know your age, but you're not, you're, you're, you seem young. Uh, how does all this affect you that you became so passionate? Because you're going to D.C. all the time. You seem to be like yeah. living and breathing this. I assume four children, Long Island, it isn't yeah. cheap. Uh, you see uh, Long Island has had a lot of water problems lately, um, a lot of corruption. Uh, what personally for you, uh, why are you so into politics and how does it, uh, this money in politics issue, how is it affecting you personally? So, you know, they always say that like, you need to have something, a personal story that like hooks you. Mm -hmm. Um, yeah. So I have four kids, um, and, and between, um, my third and fourth, I actually had to terminate a pregnancy, which was like devastating. It was the worst experience of my life. And that was, you know, my wake up moment. And I, it happened like, right, like as we were like getting into the election. And so right after the inauguration, when he started to talk about wanting to defund, Trump started talking about wanting to defund Planned Parenthood, I was like, oh my God, oh my God, I gotta get involved. Like I have to like stand up for women. Thank God I live where I do and I had family support and I had good health insurance. I was able to, you know, make this horrible situation doable. But I, you know, for me, that was like my aha moment. And then from that moment on, 
I was also like really inspired because I like I wanted to like learn more about our country and what was going on and why did some people vote for him. We ended up, which is my um, one of the biggest accomplishments of my life, uh, me, my husband and my four kids, we ended up traveling in an RV and we did all 50 states in 16 months. Wow. And so it was an amazing experience. And so we got to see America. I got to get out of the bubble of the coasts, you know, the coastal elites. I got to see how the rest of the country lives. And, you know, I got to meet people and see it with my own eyes. And I started to like, you know, recognize that it's confusing. There's a lot, you know, there, everyone has a lot of, you know, everyone is different. And so from that moment on, I started to get more involved. I started to go to protests in DC. And, you know, once you're in, it becomes, you know, like a, 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 it became a passion of mine. When I went to Kavanaugh, I was there with the Women's March and was Center of Popular Democracy. Um, I met Anna Maria, the Anna Maria Archila, the lady who confronted Jeff Flake, who was so inspirational to me. Um, you know, I've, I've met AOC sometimes when I go to DC, all the squad, like these women fill my bucket and they, you know, it's like they have brought this energy and inspiration out that I never knew existed. And I'm so thankful for, um, for these new leaders and, and for, and, you know, AOC, she shines light on the, the, um, the corruption all the time on her Twitter. It's constantly educating. And so, you know, it's just, it's, it's about just becoming, you know, educated and, and, and keep on digging deep and not accepting. And when you see corruption, you call it out and you, you know, you just kind of try to like learn about these things. And uh, last question, I see a Bernie sign behind you. So I assume you're uh, kind of in the trenches yeah. now, uh, obviously yeah. 10 days to Iowa. Um, yeah. It seems like what happened with you yeah. is happening on a national level, maybe ho hopefully not the assault part, but uh, the, the young people kind of realizing like, wow, this is all affecting me. Uh, yeah. What are you seeing? Because honestly, uh, some more establishment campaigns nationally, the media is kind of framing people like you, uh, particularly on social media as like Bernie bros and they're they're harsh and, you know, they're, they're divisive uh, when most people are finally just fighting back against this oppressive, um, you know, plutocracy. Uh, yeah. What are your thoughts as we head into Iowa? So it's actually really interesting. Um, I voted for Hillary. My husband actually voted for Trump. Okay. Um, and as, did, husband, as did my father. So. Uh-huh. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Um, but he is a recovering Trump voter. Um, he is now um, registered Democrat. And he's actually, it's been a really amazing thing to watch my husband's evolution. Um, we went to uh, Bernie's big Trump rally, I'm sorry, Bernie's rally in Queens mm -hmm. in this fall. And that was my aha moment and my husband's aha moment. Bernie's message is undeniable. You know, if you listen to him, he breaks it down and he explains that we literally need to burn it down and start all over again. And, you know, his message, he fights for all the people. And, you know, it's just we need to fight back. The 99% need to come and fight back against the 1%. Not even the 1%, the tippy tops of the 1%. We need to, you know, take the power back and put the power in the hands of the people. And Bernie has stood the test of time and he has, you know, amazing uh, coalitions. A lot of the movement leaders that I really, um, you know, I value their opinions, the squad and 
and CPD has endorsed them. Um, you know, it's just all these, you know, all these people in the progressive movement are, are, are putting their support behind him. And that, that made a difference for me, to be honest. You know, I was, I was going back and forth for a while in the fall with Bernie and Warren. Um, and as much as like, I would love to see a woman be president, I think AOC will be the first president. So I, I'm okay waiting for her. <laughs> um, but I think right now, Bernie Sanders is exactly the voice and the movement. Um, he represents what we need to do to really fix and save our democracy. Thank you so much uh, for taking the time. I love talking to people who are actually going beyond Twitter and doing it in person. Uh, next, next time I'm home on Long Island, uh, hopefully we'll connect because honestly, there is a lot of places like Long Island that are kind of, you know, the right next to major uh, progressive pockets like New York City. Yeah. Uh, yeah. And, and, and the young people are trying to bring that progressiveness that's exploding in the metropolitan areas. Right. Like like you said, actually, you know, the progressive platform actually polls very well in Long Island. People don't realize how popular it is. A lot of this stuff is honestly common sense. Mm -hmm. It's the way you you explain the message. It's not about the words. It's about the message. And a lot of these things on Long Island do resonate with the people, you know, health care, the environment. Uh, living wage, you know, all this stuff, uh, gun reform. So I think that, you know, with the right candidates who are, uh, you know, like Melanie, she's, if you could have the right candidate who can, you know, who's, who's uh, motivational and who can really galvanize the people and who's authentic, I think that like the progressive movement honestly can do well on Long Island. And I really do believe in it. And I'm really excited for 2020. And uh, give the candidate you're supporting on Long Island one more time. Who's Melanie Dorigo. Melanie Dorigo. Okay, great. Thank you very much. We'll keep in contact. Thank you. Thank you so much. No problem. Hope you enjoyed that last video. Hop on over to statuscoup.com where you can sign up for our email list and become a member for as low as five to ten dollars a month. Membership is how we grow. That's statuscoup.com slash join. And remember, join our email list so we can grow the revolution with you. Status quo.